No statements made during the Growing Your Wealth radio show shall constitute tax, legal, or accounting advice. You should consult your own legal or tax professional on your individual information. Brian Evans of Madrona Financial Services is licensed to offer investment advisory services through Madrona Financial Services, LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor. Insurance products are offered through Madrona Insurance Services, LLC, a licensed insurance agency and an affiliate of Madrona Financial Services. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. Investors cannot invest directly into indexes. No investment strategy, including asset allocation or diversification, guarantees a profit or guarantees the avoidance of loss. Financial planning is an important tool that does not guarantee specific outcomes. When it comes to investing, retirement, and legacy planning, the decisions you make today can greatly impact the quality of life for both you and your loved ones tomorrow. What you need is straight, unbiased information on the most important issues you'll face when planning for your financial future. Good news. You found the Growing Your Wealth radio show with Brian Evans. Brian is the founder of Madrona Financial Services, and with his background as a CPA, he brings a unique perspective to the investment and financial planning world. He follows the philosophy rooted in his tax experience of, it's not what you make, but what you keep. And this focus on tax-smart investment strategies is all part of the fully integrated planning strategy known as the Madrona Bundle of Services. You'll hear Brian's thoughts on everything impacting your portfolio, from income to taxes, and from growth opportunities to long-term security. This is your source of comprehensive financial information. You'll soon understand why they call it the Madrona Difference. So get ready for an hour full of the most comprehensive financial information on the radio. And welcome to Growing Your Wealth with Brian Evans. Thank you so much. Welcome to Growing Your Wealth, the radio show that gives you straight talk and honest answers about how to invest better, live better, retire better, and give better. Thank you so much for joining us today. We have some valuable information for you during the coming hour that could change your financial life for the better. My name is Jeff Shade, and as always, I'm just here to ask the questions, but the words of wisdom and the solid advice come from the expert, Brian Evans of Madrona Financial Services and Bauer Evans CPAs. How you doing today, Brian? Doing great. Thanks, Jeff. Glad to have you along with us today on our radio show. This is, I think, about show number 252 or three or something like that. Something like that. Yeah. we Boy, we've done a lot of these shows. We have been heard all around the Puget Sound area, across the country, and we even have some listeners in some foreign countries, too. And by the way, I want to remind you that Growing Your Wealth is also a podcast. So wherever you get your podcast, search for Growing Your Wealth and bookmark it, and we'll have a new show for you every week. Well, Brian, let's talk about some current events here. The market, of course, still going strong. There are some fears, though, surrounding this coronavirus. And I understand the market took about a 600-point drop on news of the coronavirus. Now, I'm just wondering, I mean, how does something like a coronavirus affect a company's ability to make profits and cause the stock to drop? Yeah, it's it's tough. Uh, investing in the stock market, uh, one of the statistics I like to share on the show is over the course of the last 100 years, the U.S. stock market has uh, well, divided into one-sixth segments. Well, three-sixths of the time, half the time, the stock market does better than 11%. Two-sixths of the time, so a full third of the time, the stock market does less than one or loses money. And only one-sixth of the time does it do between 1 and 11. Mm-hmm. And most people think it's generally always going to do between 1 and 11 on average. And it's, it's actually a rarity where it does that. So stock markets are very volatile on an annual basis. Now we break down that annual into all the things that happen during the days, weeks, and months throughout a year. And if you look back historically, 
all kinds of things happen. We have impeachments, we have viruses, we have swine flus. You <laughs> go back away. We have now we have epidemic named after one, uh, a tasty beer. I, I don't know where they got that name. <laughs> it's sure. I think, as we said earlier, a Chinese beer company came up with that one. Too much competition. I, I guess so. I, I yeah, it doesn't make any sense. It has nothing to do with Mexico. But yeah, so things will happen throughout the year and through days and stuff. And and it's interesting. I was I was talking to my friend about this, and and she asked me this question. I said, "Well, I don't, I'm not an expert on the stock market, but you know, I I kind of have a certain amount in the market it's mm-hmm. in my retirement plan. I'm planning on being in the market. I plan on living for many you know decades, and I'm just gonna stick it out and put it in the market. Now, if I owned real estate. And, uh, you know, real estate changes all the time, doesn't it? I said, yeah, it sure does. You just don't get a report on it, but it, it's changing all the time. Well, I wouldn't, you know, would you sell your real estate because of the coronavirus? <laughs> and, you know, people laugh at that. Of course you wouldn't do that. But people sold their stock because of the coronavirus. And it was interesting to look at some of the stocks that dropped the most. I mean, you know, and, and I was thinking, well, this, and, and the thing I always say on the show is, okay, look at the coronavirus. Is Starbucks going to sell less coffee because of that? Mm-hmm. Not really. Uh, is, you know, is Microsoft not going to sell as much of their product or you, utilities not going to offer as much? Yeah, you, know, you go down the list, it's, well, not really. And, you know, it's not like that. It's not like we can't have a pandemic that can affect the market in real terms. But anymore, we have sophisticated ways to come up with uh, cures for, you know, vaccines for things on a much quicker basis and all that stuff. But this stuff goes on over and over and over. You know, people are always coming, oh, this thing happened. I said, well, look at the last year. I, I could probably name 20 big things that happened in the news, none of which had any real effect on the market. Yeah, I still fail to see how something like the coronavirus could affect the ability of uh, the companies to make profits like that. I mean, this is a knee-jerk reaction. There was something in the news, but oddly enough, a lot of people sold their stocks. I mean, and then they'll buy back in later. It just doesn't make any sense whatsoever. So is the buy and hold strategy, does that work all the time? Uh, No, it doesn't work all the time. But it works, I would say, most of the time if you do it right. And when I talk about the difference between right and wrong, uh, you asked me before we started recording about buying an individual stock. Can you just buy an individual stock and hold it and, and be okay? And that was where I said, well, probably not because things change in the world. You know, what if you bought a, a really cool portfolio in 1999? You bought Egghead Software and right. Homebase and, you know, Washington Mutual for a little diversity there. Uh, you want energy, a little Enron in your portfolio. <laughs> you know, I could go on and on and cherry pick here. A lot of winners there. Yeah, a lot of winners there. And so, yeah, okay. So with individual stocks, you're taking a, a bigger additional risk, obviously, that you not only have to know that the market itself is going to go up, but that that particular company will do better than the competing companies within its own sector. Now, that's a tough hurdle for most people that work for a living and, and don't know the ins and outs of every single company how are, or what the future holds. How are you going to know that Home Base was going to go out of business and Home Depot would beat them? How would you know that, you know, Egghead Software, we don't buy software and, and you know, those, those uh, floppy disks anymore that they right. were selling way back when? And, you know, all these companies, who would have known that Washington Mutual was going to make tons of terrible loans with nothing down and, and no security and all that? 
So you don't know these things. And so it's difficult from that. So that's why most people invest in indexes. And an index is simply a representation of all of the different stocks within a particular area. So you can have an index of high-yield corporate bonds, otherwise known as junk bonds. You have an index of tech stocks. You can have an in- index of all U.S. stocks, large cap, small cap, foreign. You know, there are literally hundreds of indexes, and they just buy the most of the biggest, and you have them all. And it's a way of diversifying within a particular area so that if you pick the wrong egghead and WAMU and Enron and, you know, Homebase and all those companies I just mentioned, you also owned Eagle or whatever, Lowe's, I guess, and, you know, now and Home Depot and the, the companies that did survive and, and prosper out of that. So indexing can be a very good buy and hold strategy. But as we're going to talk later in the show, we need to look at what are the alternative strategies to just the stock market, because that alone may be way too risky for a lot of people. So, Brian, we've always heard about this buy and hold strategy versus day trading. And of course, we know that day trading doesn't work on a long-term basis. But let's talk about a particular index. Let's say that we bought some transportation stocks. And, you know, this was years ago, the big three automakers, and we were sure that they were going to endure. Would that have been a sound decision, something like that? Probably not. They didn't do so well versus their competition globally. And so it was really tough on them. One of the things that you, you asked me at break uh, before we started this segment was, have I owned any stocks for 30 years? And, and my initial reaction was, well, no, I, of course not. I, I wouldn't own one. Oh, wait a second. I invested in this, this uh, small startup a long time ago. It's called Bauer Evans. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I guess that's been 26 years now. And uh, 20 years, 21 years ago, I invested in another startup called Madrona Financial Services. That's right. Yes. So actually I did. And as I mentioned earlier, it's tough to buy an individual stock because you can't know the ins and outs and the future of that particular company versus its competition. But I had an in. I had a little insider information. (laughs) But luckily it's not publicly traded, so I'm not going to jail. The insider information was I knew my I had good work ethic and had mm-hmm. good people around me and uh, a bright future, uh, and so uh, my own company. So one of the things we do talk about on this show is there are ways to invest outside the stock market. There's investing in yourself, which is probably your best investment long term, uh, whether it's your education, your, your business, whatever it is, uh, investing in yourself can be that one best investment out there. When we saw that the market had dropped 600 points, I mean, there's a difference between the market and the stock market. Explain the difference between the two. Yeah, I mean, the the market, a lot of people refer to the Dow, and most people don't own those 30 stocks that comprise the Dow, or they might within an index, but it's just a small percentage of what they own. It is. It does reflect often when the Dow is way down. So is the S and P. So is the Nasdaq. So are the mid caps and small caps. Developed foreign markets, emerging foreign markets. They're all just kind of following each other up and down for the most part. There's some diversion there too, of course. But 600 points. You know, people panic about that, and I remind them, well, 600 points anymore when the Dow is close to 30,000. Yeah. You know, that's two percent. You know, the two percent moves in the Dow are going to happen. All the time. That's just the nature of the beast there. So if, if you can't handle 2 and 3% moves, quick moves in the, the market, then maybe we should be talking about other investments that don't subject you to that kind of movement. Yeah, and we were talking about the fact that when the president was elected, our current president, too, the stock market dropped that night, but then in a few hours, it came right back. Yeah, it dropped, I, I, as I recall, 1,000 points-ish, plus or minus. 
and recovered a thousand points ish, plus or minus, all within a couple hours outside of the normal trading hours. That was the after hours trading was was some of the most volatile time in history. So it was interesting the repositioning. All the never Trumpers were getting out, and the mega hat. You know, guys were getting in, I guess, and <laughs> yeah. and uh, we had a little transfer there. I'd say the winner was the the hat wearers because <laughs> uh, we've seen what the markets have done during that time period. So people got out, panic got out again. You know, uh, having Trump in the office wasn't necessarily going to change the profitability of the S and P five hundred, and so they got out, probably stayed out too long, and probably regret that decision today. You're listening to Growing Your Wealth with Brian Evans of Madrona Financial Services and Bauer Evans CPAs. Once again, if you have questions about anything that we've talked about in the program, certainly you can give us a call here at Madrona Financial Services. We're also offering a complimentary financial plan for our listeners. That number is 844-MADRONA, 844-MADRONA. You can also request it online and get more information about the firm at madronafinancial.com. We'll be right back with more of our show right after this. Growing Your Wealth with Brian Evans will be right back with even more ways to help you stay focused on your retirement goals. Change is a part of life. Sometimes it can be great, like when you welcome a new grandchild to the family. But other times, like when your favorite TV show gets canceled, maybe not so much. Well, recently, the Retirement Secure Act was signed into law by President Trump, and this new change is one you're probably going to be happy with. Even so, there are many ways this new law may impact your retirement plans. So get prepared today by scheduling your complimentary review with Madrona Financial Services by calling 844-MADRONA. At Madrona, their goal is to help you create a custom plan built around your financial situation and unique goals for the future. They'll help show you how the new 2020 Secure Act and changing political landscape might impact your retirement outlook. Remember, while you may always be able to watch reruns of your favorite TV show, you don't always get a second chance at your retirement. No matter what happens in the future, the professionals at Madrona Financial Services are here to help. Call 844-MADRONA or visit them online at madronafinancial.com. Again, that website is madronafinancial.com. At Madrona Financial Services, we help people finance their retirement so they can spend their time living life instead of worrying about it. The fact of the matter is, your portfolio will likely need to last about 30 years or more. And the sooner you do something about it, the better off you can be. So if you're not 100% sure that your plan is rock solid, call us today at 844-MADRONA for a review. It's super easy. We'll ask you a bunch of questions to find out what's most important in your life and what makes you happy. Next, we'll review your current plan, and then our team will strategize on ways to make your portfolio, your tax strategy, your use of Social Security, and an estate plan better suited for you. At Madrona Financial Services, we want your retirement to be about living life, and we'll sweat the small stuff for you. Call us today for your free review at 844-MADRONA. That's 844-M-A-D-R-O-N-A. Or visit us at madronafinancial.com. Tired of getting only half the story? We've got you covered with the most comprehensive financial information on the radio. You're listening to Growing Your Wealth with your host, Brian Evans. Now, here's Brian. Welcome back to the show. I'm Brian Evans, CEO of Madrona Financial Services and Bauer Evans CPAs. 
In this segment, we're going to be talking about your feelings as it relates to investments. And Brian, when it comes to long-term investments, as you said, there are a lot of different categories and indexes and that sort of thing. So let's talk about some of the various categories that we might be thinking about investing in in the short or the long-term future. And let's start with stocks. What are you feeling about stocks on the long-term? Yeah, the reason I want to talk about this is in the last segment, I was saying how there's certain things that happen. Maybe it's a virus or maybe it's, uh, I don't know, an election or, or just some report about something that people, it spooks people and they sell and they sell their stock market. Market. Uh, they don't sell other things, but they tend to sell their stock market because it's easy to do. You just go online and hit, hit the little button, and it sells it. And so they, they react emotionally. And I just mentioned, well, maybe you need to separate the question between how does this make me feel to what is the long-term impact on corporate profits? Well, if the long-term impact on corporate profits is next to nil, then probably it's not a good idea to react emotionally. But I don't want to discount how people feel about things because a lot of people, you know, obviously I, I talk to all kinds of people. They'll say, you know, what should I do? I said, well, I, I don't know you yet. I got to get to know you a little bit. How would you feel in different situations? How would you feel if the market did, you know, it's one out of three years that it does less than one? Would that make you say, gosh, I got to get out of the market? Uh, do you just not care because, you know, four out of six years is going to do more than that? And uh, three out of six, probably more than 11 historically. If you know that and you're going to be in it for the long haul, well, then I, I don't feel anything about it. So a lot of people go, I don't even pay attention to that. I know it'll be fine over the long term. But who cares? It's going to be up. Other people, oh, my gosh, they're watching every single business show all day long. They're freaking out. I'll share a story with you. I had a client. I kid you not. They said, I, you know, I've been watching this stuff for two years. And I am so freaking out. I'm so concerned about my... And she was going on and on and on and on. And I finally stopped her. I said, do you remember our conversation two years ago? She said, what was that? You, same conversation. You had us put you all into cash. She goes, I've been watching this stuff for two years. <laughs> or It wasn't two years. I think it was one year. I've been watching this stuff for a year. And I... My account doesn't change, and I've been worried that I'm losing all this money and things are going bad. And I don't even have any money in the market. And I said, "No, that's you know, that's what I've been, you know, communicating with you." She said, "Oh gosh, I forgot. You're right. I don't have anything in the market. Why have I been doing that?" And I said, "I don't know." But, you know. It's only human nature to worry. This is something that we do, and I think most people worry about things that never happen. I choose to worry about things only if and when they happen rather than to waste my emotions. And I think the, the takeaway here is just don't act emotionally when it comes to your money in the market. Yeah, well, but that's virtually impossible. We all have emotions around it, but certain things are easier to change than others. So we're, I think as a whole, if you own real estate, you're way more able to handle fluctuations because you don't see them every day. You're not looking at your assessment or an appraisal or your Zillow account value and reacting every time it changes once a month or whatever. It's just like, uh, you know, you just kind of don't even think about it. But you do on your stocks because you can look them up all day long and you can hear people talking about them all day long and, and look at these and, and see what you could have been in that did better. You know, you don't do that with your real estate. I mean, if I own a, a house in, in Everett, let's say, and, and it's gone up in value, I don't kick, you know, kick myself, oh, I wish I was in Newcastle because yeah. it went up more. You yeah. know, it's like, well, okay, this time, maybe not next. I, who knows? And so it's, it's hard. You know, people don't do that with real estate. 
But yeah, the how you feel about the market is important because we don't want you to be miserable with your investments. You don't want to take more risk than you have capacity for in your situation. And so that's why it's important to set the right tone, set the right mix early, and then whatever you've selected, generally, if you're, if you're properly diversified with indexes and, and have the right kind of real estate and maybe annuities and other things, that no matter what happens in the market, you're going to be okay, and you know you're okay, and you always know you're okay. That's, I think, a lot better way to live. Yeah, and as you said, if you're diversified here amongst you know stocks, real estate, DSTs, annuities, that sort of thing too, if one of them takes a little bit of a hit, it's not going to be a life-changing event. It's only going to be a minor annoyance. When it comes to the stock market, as you said, a lot of people react emotionally, but what would be a better way to take a look at stocks and really understand how they work? I've heard you talk about the PEG ratio before. Yeah, the peg ratio, the valuation. So there are times when you look at the stock market in total and say, okay, even the indexes are way overvalued. Maybe I ought to back off a bit. You know, that is a form of timing the market, but it's not, you know, timing it on a daily, monthly basis. That's something that can occur sometime within a decade. So if we see the run up in the market, let's say the market goes up another, you know, 50%, and we're sitting here, uh, you know, a year from now and, it's, and the Dow's at 45,000. And we're going, oh, <laughs> that seems pretty high. Well, I'm going to look at the peg ratios and say, okay, does it make sense mm-hmm. that it would be this high based on the earnings of corporate America? And if it doesn't, then we might be kind of taking some risk off at that time. But uh, again, it's, that's, that doesn't happen very often, uh, maybe once in a decade. And again, peg ratio is price, earnings, and growth. One of the attributes of stocks, uh, obviously, you want to take a look at the attribute of each individual investment that you have. Stocks have some growth potential, but they also have liquidity. You can buy and sell these on a daily basis, whereas real estate, you really can't do that. Yeah, there are five things that we want in our investment. And I'm here to tell you, no one has all five, unfortunately. Otherwise, my job would be a whole lot easier. (laughs) Because I know that when you invest in something, you want it to grow. Absolutely know that. You also want it to be secure against loss. Oh, anything it can grow can lose. Uh, if it can grow a lot. And so it can lose. There is no something, uh, you either make 100% or 25% a year, you know, it's, but you're never below 25. You know, it just doesn't exist. Another thing we all want is cash flow, especially in retirement when we're not working anymore. We'd like, okay, I want growth. I want security. I want cash flow. I also want it to be liquid. I want to be able to turn it into cash if I needed to and sell it right away. And finally, any of the growth and cash flow I get, I want it to be tax-free. Mm-hmm. I want it income tax-free. So there's five things we want. And again, we can't get all five. I, I see some investments on my list that have three of these attributes. Some have one. Most have two. So the stock market has two. You can grow. It is not secure from loss. It doesn't produce much cash flow. I won't give it that. It's generally not tax-free, but it is liquid. So if I am mostly concerned about growth and liquidity, I'm probably going to have stocks and we'll call stocks and bonds, mm-hmm. you know, uh, some kind of mix of those. So that can be a good thing because I need some liquidity in my portfolio. And long term, stock market has grown quite well. And so I might want to have it for that reason, too. Let's talk about another area here that is real estate. It doesn't have all five. It only has two of those. Growth is one of them. Yep. Growth. Uh, we've certainly seen investment real estate grow. It has cash flow because of the rents. It's not secure against loss. It's highly illiquid. Now, we can add a third attribute to it. If you sell your uh, investment real estate and do a Section 1031 exchange, 
into a Delaware statutory trust. Then we can defer the uh, income tax on the sale and potentially permanently eliminating it, making it tax-free to your heirs if you hold it uh, for your whole life and it's inherited by someone else and you get the step-up in basis. So that can have a couple attributes that stocks do not. And we're a little spoiled in this part of the country in that real estate has gone up a great deal. But real estate, I mean, I know they say that God's not making any more real estate, but real estate also can be a losing proposition. Yeah, it certainly can. There's different ways you can lose money in real estate. Let's say you buy an an office building or some other kind of uh, commercial building, your tenant leaves. Mm -hmm. And sometimes uh, your building could be, in fact, I'm sitting in a building I ended up buying because it was mostly unleased for five years and the price dropped. Mm -hmm. And so the the owner of the building sold it at a discount to me because of that. It was too hard to find a tenant. And I knew that it was a good investment for me because I knew a good tenant. Oh, me. That's right. (laughs) And my employees. So I I had some really good fortune with that. Okay, you can have a rental house, and, and you do the math. And I used to do this when I bought rental house back in my past. I don't have them anymore because I never figured out that one. Because I, I would do it on paper and say, oh, this works out. And then i get a tenant in there, and the tenant would you know, often trash the place mm-hmm. and move out after a year and miss a couple rent payments along the way. And then i go in there, and the repairs to get it back where I could re-rent it were more than the sum total of all the gross rents I received from that tenant over that last year. So I'm looking at this going, wait a second here, because of external factors like a bad tenant. And now we're hearing about, I heard on the radio, that the state of Washington is considering passing legislation, making it unlawful for a landlord to evict someone for up to six months during the cold weather months. And so essentially it's a... a, it's a freebie to say, don't pay your rent. Just just save up your money. Yeah. Just save it up. You, you, there's nothing anybody can do to change your situation, your living situation, for a period of time. And we don't really have the background checks we used to have and all that stuff. So you just keep moving around. If you don't mind moving, don't own a lot of stuff, mm-hmm. you can really save up a lot of money by getting half your year paid for free <laughs> by the land, poor landlord that's having to make the payments. And then they're going to come around the backside and do some rent control. So generally, you shift the burden from people that don't pay to the people that do by raising their rent. Oh, can't do that either. Mm -hmm. So you're not going to have that. So what kind of money do you have to do any repairs? Well, you don't have any because you're trying to make the mortgage payment from the non-rents you're getting from the people that aren't paying because of the new law that was changed. Now you can't repair the place, so it's kind of a slumlord now. You know, I, there's yeah. a lot of unintended consequences that are going to happen. So these are things that you absolutely can lose money on real estate, especially given some of the stuff I'm hearing coming out of Olympia recently. So it's kind of tough for an active landlord who owns real estate. I was wondering why this inflatable furniture was becoming so popular. You just simply blow the air out of it, put it in your car, <laughs> there you go. move on to the next well, place. Well, now that's a new business. Yeah. Now you're thinking like an entrepreneur. There we're going to have a business that's going to make it really easy for you to keep moving from your apartment because you never pay the rent for six that's months. That's right. Inflatable yeah. beds, inflatable couches, there you I mean, go. whatever you need right there. We're talking about the individual attributes of investments such as stocks, real estate. We'll talk about Delaware statutory trust annuities, fixed index universal life policies, and more when our show continues right after this. Stay tuned for more Growing Your Wealth with Brian Evans, the show you can't afford to miss. 
Hi, this is Brian Evans, president of Madrona Financial Services. As a CPA and wealth manager, I've had lots of clients who owned highly appreciated real estate. And when it was time to sell that property, they all ran into the same problem, a huge tax bill. Up to now, some of their only options were to either follow the strict requirements of a 1031 exchange for another property or pay the hefty tax on the gain. We have access to another option to help our clients. It's called a DST. With a DST, you can still receive the benefits of property ownership like passive income, but you won't be responsible for all the debt or management. And best of all, a DST may meet the qualifications for your 1031 exchange. Now you can potentially defer the tax hit on your highly appreciated property and still get the benefits of investing in real estate. Call us today at 844-MADRONA to learn more about our DST program or visit us online at madronafinancial.com. DST investments are only available to accredited investors and are offered solely through the issuer's offering documents. The DST sponsor determines whether to accept any individual subscription documents. In today's fast-paced world, we're used to having information at our fingertips. And when you're trying to research something, more information is always better, especially when it comes to retirement planning. That's why Brian Evans, founder of Madrona Financial Services, has made his 2020 edition of the Little Red Book of Retirement available for free. You can get your free copy by visiting madronafinancial.com. The 2020 edition of the Little Red Book of Retirement covers the basics of retirement planning. Brian shares his thoughts on investing, taxes, estate planning, lifestyle, and more. As a CPA and investment advisor, Brian has the knowledge to help make your retirement planning process manageable. Brian has also been a featured speaker on CNBC and Fox Business. The 2020 edition of the Little Red Book of Retirement will give you a thorough analysis from an expert. Madrona Financial offers beneficial information to properly prepare for retirement. Get your free copy of the 2020 edition of the Little Red Book of Retirement by visiting madronafinancial.com. That's madronafinancial.com. You can't build a house with just one tool, and you can't plan for retirement without an integrated, comprehensive strategy. If you want to get more information on the Madrona bundle of services, call Madrona Financial Services at 844-MADRONA or go to madronafinancial.com. Now, back to more of Growing Your Wealth with Brian Evans. Welcome back to the show. I'm Brian Evans, CEO of Madrona Financial Services and Bauer Evans CPAs. In this segment, we're going to continue our discussion about how you feel about different types of investments. And Brian, we talked last segment about stocks. You have growth and liquidity. And with real estate, you have growth and cash flow. But it's not that liquid because you just can't sell it on a daily basis or an hourly basis the way that you can stocks. Let's talk about another asset class here, which is DST or Delaware Statutory Trust. Now, that's sort of real estate, but with a little twist, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, that's and what we're trying to do with the DSTs, as we talk about on the show, is when people own real estate, as we mentioned in the last segment, sometimes you find that you're, you own real estate and your tenants aren't real great. They trash your property or you have a tenant leave and you can't get it released because it's an office building or some other kind of special purpose building. Or if it's a house, maybe, again, if they're not paying rents, you can't get that money back. If rent control comes around, that's, that's going to be a problem, too. So the DSTs allow you an exit strategy from that real estate into other real estate that's going to be newer, more diversified, more uh, maybe apartments or senior housing, student housing, uh, different retail type buildings, whatever it is, probably get a, a much lower risk profile by going to a DST, plus generally much better cash flow and potential appreciation on that too. And you don't have to be the landlord. So there's a lot of advantages to the DST. And a lot of people, you know, we were talking about how you feel about things. I mean, I like the stock market long term, uh, but some people feel terrible owning it because they just can't handle the ups and downs, as we mentioned. 
I owned real estate, rental rentals, once upon a time, and that was the one that made me feel the worst. Right. Uh, I, I was a terrible landlord. I didn't pick tenants well. I can't fix anything. I wasn't, you know, when they had sob stories about things going bad, I, oh, I felt bad for them, of course, and I didn't do things that proper landlord would probably do. Some people feel awesome about DSTs because they're able to improve their situation, lower their risk, prove their diversity, newer properties, not pay the income tax, have their cash flow go up. They don't have to be a landlord. It's professionally managed. Uh, they like that. So it can make you feel really good owning a DST. The, another category we should talk about, which is a big time on feelings, is annuities. Annuities can be a wonderful asset class for people that aren't as concerned about growth, but are concerned about security. So here's our first S one, the security. We had stocks that were good at growth liquidity, real estate good at growth and cash flow, DSTs good at growth cash flow and potential tax savings. Annuities, uh, we're talking security. Some have cash flow, and the ones that don't have cash flow had some growth, not a ton, but some. So they might get a fraction, you know, some kind of percentage of the gains of the S&P 500, but never 100%, as some people might, might think listening to some other folks on the radio. No, you don't get that. You get a fraction of the S&P or you get some kind of other index return that can give you some growth when it's up. So it won't grow as much as the S&P. But the flip side, if the uh, market is down, a fixed index annuity generally has a zero floor and you can't go backwards. So you have security, cash flow, and you have growth with some annuities, fixed fixed index annuities. They're also variable annuities, but that's a different beast completely. Yeah, you're taking uh, stock market risk with variable annuities, and you do have fees, so you absolutely can go backwards on those. So uh, we don't we don't deal with those. We deal with the fixed index annuities as fiduciaries. We put people into those. They have a zero floor. So the, for that portion of your portfolio that you want to be secure from losses in the market then that's what we, we do with, with that portion because we know that those kinds of assets, as opposed to CDs, which would be an alternative to that, CDs offer security. They don't offer a whole lot of growth. They don't offer a whole lot of cash flow. They're not very liquid. They're not tax-free. So they don't have a lot of attributes. And their rate of return isn't, you know, like I said, not that great. So I often use fixed index annuities as a quasi-substitute for CDs, money markets, those kinds of investments. So how come that fellow hates annuities and he thinks that I should too? Because he doesn't sell them. Oh, oh. if he the sold money. annuities, he'd <laughs> love annuities. So he's just saying everybody, he doesn't agree with this segment. He says that every asset class stinks except for the stock market. He thinks you should have all your money 100% in the market 100% of the time. So, okay, well, that's not okay with uh, you know 100% of the people I'm talking to. I have, well, not 100, I'd say 99.5% of the people I talk to want something other than just the market in their portfolio. Now, I'm not talking to 25-year-olds. If it's a 25-year-old, I just say, you know, after you get your house, put your money in the market. Sure, you got, you got a big time horizon there and you can take a lot of risk. But I'm talking to a lot of retirees and they, they just don't want to have 100% of their money at, at risk 100% of the time. We're talking about some of the attributes of individual investments here. We've talked about stocks, and we talked about real estate, DSTs, and annuities. Brian, let's add another category to this, and that is risk. And I mean, risk tolerance is different for different people. So let's talk about the risk with stocks, real estate, on down the line. Yeah, I mean, stocks and real estate are risk assets. That's why they're also growth potential assets. And you can lose a lot of money in both, especially if you're non-diversified. But even with diversification, you can lose money. 
real estate's probably a little more steady, Eddie, than the stock market over, over the long haul. And then, of course, we mentioned annuities, that uh, fixed index annuities specifically, that take away the downside risk. Uh, we have a, an asset class called the fixed index universal life, which is life insurance, with the uh, fixed index attributes. Uh, like the annuities, uh, they're secure, they can provide cash flow, but they can also add another thing to it. They can add uh, tax-free cash flow or tax-free death proceeds permanently, income tax-free, as an additional benefit to them, and they can be really good for a legacy issue. You know, you want to leave money to the next generation. Annuities can have a built-in death benefit over and above your account balance. Fixed index and uh, universal life, obviously, with the life insurance there, and life insurance is tax-free. You can put this into trust. You can gift it. You can, there's things you can do to pass it to the next generation money that's uh, uh, income and estate tax-free. So that's fixed index universal life insurance. It is life insurance, but you can also borrow against this life insurance? Yeah, as you've coined in an earlier show, it's life insurance for the living, mm-hmm. uh, where you can uh, invest in the policy, and rather than just leave the death proceeds to your heirs, you can borrow against the cash value, and the borrowing is tax-free. And then when you pass away and uh, the insurance company holds back enough to pay themselves back with interest, the rest goes to your heirs, and none of it, none of that is tax-free either because life insurance is income tax-free. So if I buy a fixed index universal life policy, and let's say it's for a million dollars or so, I get to a point in life where I want to start borrowing against that, I can borrow against my future death proceeds tax-free. Sounds like a pretty inventive plan there. It's a very inventive plan. I love it. I, uh, I think that it, in many situations, it can really accomplish a lot because, frankly, a lot of people I'm talking to are, uh, you know, they love the tax rates right now. And they're, well, yeah, rates can go up. And I always, I just ask them, well, who do you think is going to be the president in 15 years? Do you think it could be someone like AOC or some other socialist? And I go, oh my gosh, yes, it could. Okay, what do you think the tax rates will be? Uh, 70, 90, I don't know. Yeah. They could be really high. 110 percent. 110. So, yeah. And so with that, maybe we plan with the end in mind. If we know that millennials are loving socialism and they're going to have the majority block of the votes in 15 years, maybe we should plan for very high income tax rates because we can also know that the, the debt, do you think it'll be less or more than... Jeff? Well, I think that that's going to be a lot more. <laughs> oh, okay. I would think 100% of the listeners would agree with you, Jeff. And so we know, with the end in mind, we know that the national debt, we know that socialism, we know all these things could be a, a, a big factor. We know the income tax rates would have to go up dramatically. Would it not make sense to right now figure out a strategy where my income taxes could be zero in the future. I do have a Kiplinger article on this, zero, zero tax investment strategies, uh, listing a whole bunch of stuff out, whether it's Roth conversions, uh, DSTs, premium finance, fixed nicks, universal life, uh, different opportunity zones, all these different things that if we already know this now, why don't we plan ahead? So that's, that's obviously something I love to talk about with people that come in. Brian, let's talk about your feelings about investing in businesses. I mean, there are businesses that are starting every day, and I would imagine that businesses have some opportunity for growth, but they also can be rather risky. What do you think? Oh, yeah. Most businesses fail for a number of reasons. I did write a paper. uh, It was actually published 6.7 million times. It was in the Costco Connection, the third most published magazine in America, I learned. And it's a couple AARP that are one and two. Uh, so there's a lot more of that than there's time or people or anything like that. It was called the Entrepreneur's Wheel. 
and it lists out the eight things you have to do well in business, you'll probably fail. If you do seven of them, you'll probably fail because you didn't have all eight. And so that's why I think most people go, oh, I have a good idea and I have a good something. Well, you got two of eight, so you'll only fail six other ways. Whether it's, you know, you don't have proper management, cash flow, quality control, you know, there's, there's different things, uh, financing, profitability, blue ocean strategy, you know, all these different things that were some of the attributes you have to have. So, yeah, having your own business can be very risky. If you uh, do it well, though, it can be uh, the flip side of that. So it's, it's the highest risk, highest return investment, I would say, that there is on this list. It's the last one on my list today. So you can have seriously high growth in cash flow and a seriously high chance that the end result will be it's worthless. <laughs> so uh, that's, you know, you got If you got a business, uh, take your time and get it right. Yeah, the idea that people have sometimes, and I'm always amazed that, you know, they'll put a business in just like the one that failed and the one that failed before that, too. They've got some sort of better mousetrap, but it isn't always the best mousetrap. Some businesses are just, uh, you know, they're just <laughs> destined for failure. Destined. And it's because of the, many times it's because of the management, I think. Well, yeah. Well, like I said, there's eight things. I mean, you you can have uh, uh, people, you know, you make pies and you're going to start a pie store, but your location isn't that great because you couldn't afford a lot of rent. And oh, by the way, you're not profitable. I mean, you make a great pie, it costs you $10 in, you know, in right. uh, ingredients and you sell it for 12 and your cost per pie with rent and labor and everything is another $12 and you're paying 24 to sell something for 12 you know. Some things just don't work. Yeah, that's exactly right. Some people are very good technicians, and a good baker would be an example of a good technician who makes a good pie but doesn't know anything about business, whereas the bakery down the street or around the corner could be profitable because that person may not make a better pie, but they're a better business person, too. Businesses, uh, as you said, can have a lot of potential, but they can also have the potential to go the other way, too. So our feelings about stocks, real estate, DSTs, annuities, fixed index, universal life, CDs, and businesses, they all have pros and cons. If you have questions about any of these categories, you would like a complimentary financial review from the staff here at Madrona Financial Services and Bauer Evans CPAs. All you've got to do to get yours is call 844-MADRONA. That's 844-M-A-D-R-O-N-A. You can also request yours online at madronafinancial.com. You're listening to Growing Your Wealth. Thanks for joining us here. We'll be right back with more of our show after this. Discussing the financial issues that matter most to you. We'll be right back with more Growing Your Wealth with Brian Evans. In today's fast-paced world, we're used to having information at our fingertips. And when you're trying to research something, more information is always better, especially when it comes to retirement planning. That's why Brian Evans, founder of Madrona Financial Services, has made his 2020 edition of the Little Red Book of Retirement available for free. You can get your free copy by visiting madronafinancial.com. The 2020 edition of the Little Red Book of Retirement covers the basics of retirement planning. Brian shares his thoughts on investing, taxes, estate planning, lifestyle, and more. As a CPA and investment advisor, Brian has the knowledge to help make your retirement planning process manageable. Brian has also been a featured speaker on CNBC and Fox Business. The 2020 edition of the Little Red Book of Retirement will give you a thorough analysis from an expert. Madrona Financial offers beneficial information to properly prepare for retirement. Get your free copy of the 2020 edition of the Little Red Book of Retirement by visiting madronafinancial.com. 
That's madronafinancial.com. For 10 years, we've all run with the Wall Street Bulls, and many have seen our personal wealth soar. But are the Wall Street Bears around the corner? Brian Evans, CEO of Madrona Financial Services and his team, want to let you know that if you're nearing retirement, you might be sitting on one of the greatest windfalls in investment history. But now's not the time to get careless about your nest egg. How long can we run with the Bulls? No one knows. But a smart investor will know what their exposure is and take steps to protect what they have. Call Madrona Financial Services at 844-MADRONA or visit them online at madronafinancial.com to find out if you're exposed to volatility. There are simple rules that they follow, and it's not about selling you products or frightening you out of the market. It's about doing what's right for you, your family, and your personal situation for the long haul. Call Madrona today at 844-MADRONA or visit madronafinancial.com. They'll help you run with the bulls while keeping a watchful eye out for the bears. Madrona Financial Services is here to help protect what you've saved, grow it, and keep it for life. Do you ever worry if your CPA and financial advisor are on the same page? You won't have to if you call Madrona Financial Services at 844-MADRONA or visit them at madronafinancial.com. Now, back to Growing Your Wealth with Brian Evans. Welcome back to the show. I'm Brian Evans, CEO of Madrona Financial Services and Bauer Evans CPAs. In this segment, we're going to be talking about lying with statistics as it relates to investment returns and other things that are said about investment. Brian, I have to chuckle about that because you actually had a textbook in college and that was the title of it, Lying with Statistics. And I found them there on eBay. I'm going to get a copy of that. Yeah, it was my favorite textbook. I I think I learned more from that one. How to Lie with Statistics was the textbook of our class because I wasn't looking forward to statistics class, of course. But I found it so interesting because up until that point, you know, I was, what, I don't know, 20 years old, 19 years old. I was very, very naive coming off the farms from Mount Vernon. And I didn't know anything about how the world worked. I just thought that when it was printed in a newspaper or a magazine or a book, it was the truth. Had to be true. Had to be true. Now, you know, now I'm as jaded as anybody. Any any stat I look at, I go, okay, what's their spin on this? And how could I have spinned it to the exact opposite? One of my favorite jokes I've heard, not a great joke, but it's a CPA joke. There were three people that applied for a CPA job. And first one, the, the guy was asked, okay, well, just answer this. What's two plus two? And the, and the accountant said, four. And he said, nah, I can't use you. The next one, what's two plus two? And the guy said, oh, it's, it's 4.0. Now nah, I can't use you. And the third one, they asked, okay, what's two plus two? He says, well, what do you want it to be? <laughs> he said, perfect, you're yeah, hired. You're hired. <laughs> yeah, you can do almost anything with numbers. Yeah, Wazoo, I guess you had that lying with stats. I had a class called Stats and Probs. So how are they lying with statistics when it comes to market returns? Oh, gosh, where do I even start? One of the things is, they'll say, if you're selling stocks, you're going to say, well, we got, you know, 20-something percent this year. And and that's, you know, and they'll say, you know, we we average that or whatever it is. And I'll go, okay, that 12-month period, yeah, you got 20-something percent. What about the 13-month period? Oh, take into account uh, December of 2018. Yeah, that one. Oh, yeah, okay, well, maybe you're up 5%. Because that one took away 15 or you know something like that. So, you know, depending on your start and finish date, you can lie with statistics. I see it all the time with just other things that are just said that I, that I hear. One of the things we talked about at break was when somebody's saying, you know, I uh, wrote a best-selling book. And I was told when I wrote my books how to get, you, you want to get the sticker on the outside that says it's a bestseller. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, how's that going to happen? And well, all you have to do, and this is the truth, what most of these books that say they're a bestseller, what they did is one day on Amazon, they picked a category. 
and that category could have been, you know, buggy whip uh, production category. And they stuck their book in that category. And they bought 10 copies of their own book. And for that day, they were a bestseller in that category. And therefore, from now on, their book is a best-selling book. That's the actual thing that people do. The other thing they, I see all the time from people in my business, as seen on TV, and they'll list every single NBC and CNBC and all these kinds of things. And they'll list all these things on there. And the reality behind that is that you pay somebody that they actually write some copy mm-hmm. and they send it to these outfits. They put it on their website for a fee and nobody sees it. Nobody mm-hmm. cares. You weren't on TV, anything like that. But you're able to now say, as seen on, these different things. And they just sell this thing. And so when you see somebody, i seen on all this stuff, ask them to send a copy of one of those videos. <laughs> yeah, right. Now, I actually was on, yeah, I, I remember I used to be a regular on Maria Bartiromo's show, and I see her, she, her, she's doing all kinds of things now. And Kelly Evans, Bill Griffith, Lori Rothman, Fox Business, uh, CNBC, some of these different outfits. Uh, I was in New York, or I was in Seattle in a green, green screen room. So I, I actually was on these shows. I don't even put that stuff on mine, I don't think. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but you have to be careful of people not telling the truth. Uh, another thing I hear about is people that uh, a lot of people that sell DSTs, Delaware Statutory Trusts out there, my competition, uh, they will claim that there's no fee hmm. or that, well, yeah, there is a fee, but it's not paid by you, the I investor. Yeah. It's paid by the sponsor. I'm like, wait a second. You think somebody's going to pay your fee for your real estate? <laughs> Does that make any sense to you? Uh, no. And so, you know, there's just a lot of ways that people are, are not telling the truth out there, but especially when it comes to stats. Brian, we've talked about Delaware Statutory Trust in this show before, and it has garnered a lot of interest. If there are financial advisors, maybe even CPAs that are out there listening and they want to find out more about Delaware Statutory Trust, what are some of the ways that they can do that? Well, one of the things I want to point out is why you should know about it, because I just gave a a webinar and it had literally 380 CPAs and financial advisors on it for an hour. But it did occur to me, and I mentioned this during that, it's very important if you are an advisor to anybody else, maybe you're an attorney, a realtor, a CPA, or just a, a casual advisor to somebody. It's imperative that you understand the basics of some concepts because as I was mentioning, if you're a CPA and I had this call from someone that had just sold their property, put the money in the bank, then called me and said, how do I save the taxes and do a DST? I said, well, you can't. It's too late. Um, uh, Well, I, I hadn't heard about it until just recently when I heard you on the radio. And the question they always ask is, how come my CPA didn't tell me this? Mm-hmm. How come my real estate attorney didn't tell me this? How come my real estate agent didn't tell me this? How come my advisors didn't tell me this? And I was like, well, uh, it's not widely known. I'm sorry that you called me a month too late in this case because prior to that, I didn't know it. And he asked, well, how much tax you know, would I be saving doing the DST? And I said, well, in this case, it was about three quarters of a million dollars. Wow. So he's sitting there on the phone with me, and he just learned that he can't save now three quarters of a million dollars because his advisors had never heard of a DST. <laughs> and I don't know if they have really good malpractice insurance, but you know, if you are an advisor to anybody, you know, maybe you're not worried about that. Maybe you're just a casual advisor. Wouldn't mm-hmm. it be kind of cool if you could help someone out and say, you know, I know you own real estate. You talked about selling it. Maybe you should give this guy a call. He sounds pretty knowledgeable. Some Brian Evans fella. Mm-hmm. Give him a call and think about uh, how much goodwill you're going to have with that person if you're the one that saved them the $750,000 by that kind of recommendation. 
if someone is listening to us, they are a CPA, maybe they're a real estate attorney, maybe they're a real estate agent, uh, a financial advisor. Can they indeed call Madrona Financial Services or Bauer Evans and get advice on these sort of things? Absolutely. And and we encourage that because we want to help. And, and it doesn't have to be a situation where you, you know it's going to become a client for us. I mean, sometimes, you know, we're just giving some good advice and it's just something to talk about. And okay, I just want to rule it out. You know, in our case, maybe it didn't work for some reason and, and we just rule it out. And that's fine too. But, you know, something else might come up. I had one guy that wanted to learn about opportunity zones. And we talked about the situation and said, you know, it's not going to work for you. But then we talked about DSTs and I thought that was going to work. And he said, and we kind of came to the conclusion that because he had many partners on all of his investments, that wasn't going to work either. But then we talked about fixed index, universal life and legacy planning and gifting strategies and all that. And he said, that actually sounds really interesting to me. So it was our third topic. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't stuff that every real estate attorney or broker or CPA should or could know. I mean, it's just there's all these topics. We can't know everything. I don't know everything. I don't even know everything on the tax side, even though I've been a CPA forever, it seems like. But I I just think it's really imperative for professionals that they have access to a resource and we can be that resource on advanced topics. Brian, we were talking about transparency in commercial messaging. Are there other ways that people may not be telling the truth with financial products? Yeah, you know, I hear it all the time. And and really, it comes down to how are you paid? And so that's one of the things that we always have to look at is how are you paid? If you are trying to sell annuities, you're you're really focused on getting people to be afraid of the stock market. And the stock market is going to crash. It's going to crash soon. It could be big. You better be fearful. So they're selling fear. And I'm not saying fix, you know, annuities are bad. Often they're very good as a percentage of a portfolio because they're, as we mentioned earlier in the show, secure. And we want that. But do you want 100% of your portfolio secure? You want it all buried under your, in the backyard, you know, and with a, in a safe, uh, never make a dime your whole life? Yeah, you can put it in a safe deposit box. It's secure. But it's not going to return anything. So, you know, there's a risk reward thing we got to deal with. So they might be trying to influence you over the top on how much you need security. And maybe you need some, but not that much. On the flip side, the person selling the market is going to say, I hate annuities. Well, wait, one of them is wrong, you know. And then you got, of course, you got to be afraid of everything. You better be afraid of the market. Annuities, real estate, everything. You got to buy gold and lots of it or palladium or whatever they're selling, you know. So the messaging can be such that it's very confusing. I've heard, you know, even in real estate, oh, you know, Pacific Northwest real estate goes up 10% a year. Well, it has on occasion. It's also dropped 40% overnight Mm -hmm. back in 2008. So let's let's get real here. And that doesn't even take into account if you buy real estate that has some problems and you got to put tons of money into it. And uh, I'll tell you what, uh, getting things fixed is a lot more expensive than it was just a few years ago around here. Yeah, that's right. Well, thank you so much for joining us this week here on Growing Your Wealth. Unfortunately, Brian, we are out of time. We want to thank everyone for listening to us today. The executive producer of Growing Your Wealth is John Capuano. Our director of program operations is the cookie monster, Greg Dinitz. Our show is produced by the lovely, talented, and dangerous six-degree black belt, our Swedish princess, Stephanie Schoblum, with help from Maite Talavera. Laura McLaughlin's our content supervisor. Josh Toys, our technical editor. And surfer boy Pete Gustin is our announcer. For Brian Evans, I'm Jeff Shade. Have a great Saturday. We'll talk to you again next week with another edition of Growing Your Wealth. You own highly appreciated real estate and have decided to sell. 
you may be faced with limited options that could result in a substantial tax bill. Now, there may be another option. It's called a DST, and it can offer the benefits of real estate ownership without all of the baggage. Brian Evans and his team at Madrona Financial Services are available to see if a DST could be right for you. Call 844-MADRONA to learn if you can invest in real estate without the hassles of being a landlord. You won't be responsible for the debt or management, yet you may still receive passive income. Best of all, the DST program offers a ready-made solution that may satisfy your 1031 exchange requirements, which could provide full tax deferral on the sale of your investment property. Call the team at Madrona Financial Services right now at 844-MADRONA to learn more about DSTs and if they are right for you. That's 844-MADRONA or visit them at madronafinancial.com. DST investments are only available to accredited investors and are offered solely through the issuer's offering documents. The DST sponsor determines whether to accept any individual subscription documents. The Madrona Bundle of Services has become so popular that we started bundling everything. Hi, this is Brian Evans, founder of Madrona Financial Services, to tell you about the latest thing we've bundled, our books. We're proud to announce the Complete Book of Retirement, which bundles together our guides on retirement investing, annuities, passive real estate investing, and even information for the high net worth investor into one convenient and informative book. You can get your free copy today by going to madronafinancial.com. And if you're looking for even more information on investing, you can sign up for Madrona University to continue your investor education. Of course, if you need more personalized help, you can always sign up for a complimentary review. We'll sit down to discuss your retirement plan and explain how the Madrona Bundle of Services provides you with everything you need to plan for retirement under one roof. Get started today by calling 844-MADRONA and don't forget to download your free copy of the Complete Book of Retirement at madronafinancial.com.